You're listening to Pixels in Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel, written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 24 Well, that could have been worse. Dex tore open the pack of cigarettes and lit one, pulling deeply on the simulated smoke. His implants gave him the sensation of something filling his lungs, a slight tingling sensation as he held the smoke in, and the calming experience of slowly exhaling. He almost understood why people once poisoned themselves for this experience. Hmm, Annabelle agreed, a large drink materializing before her. I'm starting to see why you dislike Larson so much. It's not really his fault. He's spent his whole career trying to make people realize that it's just as important to protect all this, he twirled a finger in the air, as it is to help people out there. No wonder he's a bit reluctant to look outward again. Annabelle nodded. You know I'm on his side of that argument, she said. But until we develop some way to lose the meat sacks, we're all stuck with needing food and shelter out there. It wouldn't matter if we could turn M-City into a free paradise. That would still be true. She took a long sip of her drink, a look of pleasure crossing her face at the sensation. And when I'm arguing for physicality, you know it must be serious. Dex laughed. True enough. He swirled the dark liquid in his faceted highball glass and toasted her. So, what now? Now, I'm going to help BBB close that security hole in their user database. Dex made a face. They'll probably figure out what we did. She nodded. You aren't the only one with some apologies to make. I knew it might come back to bite me when I did it, and I'm willing to take responsibility. Hopefully they'll accept a pro bono fix as at least a partial atonement. If not, well, I guess my name will get dragged through the digital mud. My freelancing days might well be over before they really even got started. She shrugged like it was no big deal, but Dex could tell that this was hard for her. I'm sure there's a way to see you out of it. No, if we're going to be working with these people, it has to be with all that suspicion and secrecy behind us. Whatever happens to me, I can handle it. I know, Dex said. I just wish things had gone differently. Mistakes happen. We can't avoid that. I'll be fine. Dex reached out for her hand and squeezed. He hoped that she was right. Dex wasn't looking forward to seeing Jamie Aristo again. He didn't think they'd be likely to ever regain the camaraderie they'd once had, but that wasn't the issue. Dex was certain that Jamie would be professional at a minimum. The problem was that Dex knew he'd suspected Jamie of being involved in the attacks. He hadn't really believed it, but he'd been open to the possibility. And now, knowing that's what he'd thought, it was hard to look Jamie in the eye. But, uncomfortable as it was, it had to be done. Dex was the link between BBB and the rest of the organization. He was, as he'd often been before, the bridge between the virtual and physical worlds. In another circumstance, he might have found the irony amusing, though it probably was his skepticism of the idea that embracing virtuality was all it took to liberate people from the vicissitudes of the mundane that let him walk both worlds so easily. Or maybe he was just full of shit, and getting lost in his own thoughts was a way to distract him from the meeting he was on his way to. Dex had been surprised when user 923-N suggested Dex meet the rest of the group at the warehouse. He'd have assumed they changed locations frequently, or at least would have abandoned that spot since he had been there. They must not be as suspicious as he was, 
a thought that made a fresh wave of guilt crash over him. He slid open the door, senses on high alert. The warehouse was now bare. Even the hand trucks were gone. Maybe the group wasn't as trusting as he'd thought. They were all there waiting for him, the same five people he'd met at the park. They faced him in a line, and Dex had a brief flash of an interrogation. This would be a fine location for such a thing. He was thankful that he'd had the forethought to let Annabelle know exactly where he was going. He closed the door behind himself and walked toward the group, the sound of his footsteps echoing off the high ceiling. He couldn't read the expression on Jamie's face and decided that there was no point in trying to anticipate how this was going to go down. He'd find out soon enough anyway. Nice to see you again, the leader said with a cool smile. I understand that our group is no longer under suspicion of being involved in the attacks on local businesses over the past few months. That's correct, Dex said, keeping it simple. She nodded and no one else spoke. Dex focused on breathing slowly and evenly, ready to run if he had to. He didn't want to fight. He hoped it wouldn't come to that. He wished he hadn't closed the warehouse door. Finally, she turned to the two people on either side of her and they moved to a darkened area behind her. They came back with a pallet of folding chairs and began to set them up. I don't hold your suspicions against you, she said, then glanced toward Jamie. None of us do. Oh, don't get me wrong. Being on the inside, it was hard to understand why anyone would think we could be involved. But the idea that resistance must be violent, it's an old, entrenched idea, even among like-minded people. She gestured to include Dex in the group. It's easy to think that there are people who just want to fuck things up who don't see the collateral damage or don't care. I believe those people exist. So I can't be too upset when someone else might see me that way. I'm glad to hear you say that, Dex said. And for whatever it's worth, I am sorry I got it so wrong. He turned to face Jamie. I thought I had a lead, and I wasn't willing to let it go, no matter where it took me. I'm not sorry for that, but I am sorry I didn't trust you. Jamie's mouth opened. But before they could say anything, they caught the leader's eye and simply nodded. Dex had a feeling that he'd gotten off easy because of that look. I'd like to move forward if we can, the leader said. Your organization has resources that we do not, and vice versa. Together, we could be greater than the sum of our parts, and I'd like to see what we could accomplish. As would I, Dex said. Let's see what we can do to make that happen. Dex spent the next several hours with the group brainstorming ideas. They agreed that the first step would be to publicize as much as they knew about the battle between Empire and Techloid. Given that the perpetrators were in the wind, their evidence was circumstantial, but it was still compelling. People ought to know that the firms were sabotaging each other, and regular employees were being caught in the crossfire. Dex offered to set the plan in motion, and was feeling like things had gone as well as he could have hoped as he walked back to the apartment. He passed through Place du Général de Gaulle on his way, and he was struck with a sudden understanding. The pieces were all coming together, and it was almost like a 10-gig download hitting his head, hard and heavy, individual packets coalescing into readable data. The sabotage on Electroix which led to the explosion. Electroix and Techloid were both owned by Vertisales. Was Empire targeting more than just Techloid shops? What if they were going after all of Vertisales? It was too much of a coincidence to be anything else. There was no proof, but the sabotage on Electroix had been systemic and subtle, exactly the kind of work that Annabelle had been asked to do by Omnitrack, 
exactly the kind of work that Dex imagined a corporate black ops team would do. He wondered if they'd even have suspected BBB if Empire had left the shops alone. He walked the rest of the way back to the apartment in a daze. If only he could prove that this was part of Empire's plan, it would surely galvanize people into opposing them. Several people had been hurt. Lennox Sessa died. Even if people could ignore the effects of the storefront attacks, they couldn't ignore this. But without someone on the inside, Dex couldn't see how they could prove that Empire was responsible. And getting an insider to spill seemed like an impossible task. Maybe the speculation would be enough. Maybe just presenting the evidence they did have, and letting people draw their own conclusions, would lead them to the same place as it had Dex. They had to try. Annabelle was working when Dex arrived home, but she messaged him that she'd be done soon. He organized some food while he waited for her to finish up, pondering their next move. He was so deep in thought that Annabelle's voice startled him. How did it go? Was Jamie okay with you? It was fine, Dex said. Actually, I don't see how it could have gone better. I think Jamie's pissed at me personally, but they're a professional. I think, deep down, they know that if the roles had been reversed, they'd have done the same thing. I'm sure that doesn't stop them feeling a bit betrayed, but I don't think we'll have a problem working together, in either organization. So, they've accepted you, us, I suppose, as part of the group? Dex nodded and held out a food brick to Annabelle. She shook her head, so he tore off the wrapper to take a bite. We worked out a plan to share what we know the firms have been doing. It's time that more than just a few of us knew what was happening behind the scenes. I'm glad your meeting worked out. She sounded genuinely pleased, but Dex detected a note of something else in her voice. How about you? he asked. My contacts at BBB were somewhat less willing to forgive and forget, she said. Oh, no. She shrugged. It's not catastrophic. They accepted my help to close the security hole I climbed through to Jimmy with your account, but they've made it clear that they don't want to work with me, or anyone who recommended me, in the future. Ouch, Dex said. I'm guessing that Stella Bish isn't going to be your best friend when she gets wind of that. Annabelle shook her head. I've already been cut loose. Oh, Annabelle, I'm so sorry. Dex took her hand, but she pulled it away, an apologetic look on her face. Bish was quite decent about it. Somehow she knew what had gone down with the investigation, and she said she was sympathetic. But business was business, and she had to distance herself from me for a while. She said that she'd be in touch later, but... She made a face. Who knows when that will be. So what are you going to do? Look for work on my own, I guess. Bish handles a lot of clients, but not everyone. I've got a small job on the line already. Plus, I can try and get more shifts with Larson, maybe a moonlight for some of the other squads. I'll manage. But it's going to be tight for a while. We'll make it work, Dex said, forcing himself to keep from going to her. He knew she needed her own space now, but it was so hard. If he were the one hurting, he'd want her to hold him. But it wasn't him. I never should have left Omnitrack, she said in a small voice. Don't say that, especially now. What they were doing was wrong. Do you really think that you could have stayed there when they were asking you to basically do what we've discovered Empire was doing? He explained what he'd figured out about the Electroa explosion. And sabotaging a train network? The ways that could go wrong? I just don't even want to think about it. You're right, Annabelle said. But it's so hard when there aren't a lot of other options. 
And even now, I'm so much luckier than most people. I have skills and connections. I have you. I can make it work without a regular job. What about everyone else who doesn't have that? How are they supposed to say no when their bosses come asking for them to do something like this? Dex didn't say anything. What could he say when he didn't have an answer? You've been listening to Pixels in Flesh by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.